our unprecedented times. What are your wild and crazy pandemic Thanksgiving plans? Um, my wild and crazy Thanksgiving pandemic plans are to make three items and eat them in a park with Matt and Alexandra. Oh, well, I, it'll be more than three items because she'll also make like two or three items. What are you making? Um, I'm going to make your chicken that you helpfully included so many instructions for. Mm -hmm. So I felt like it would be fun if through the week we could be parallelly making this chicken. That would be fun. For listeners who do not know, which is everyone, because why would we have talked about this? For my birthday, Alex made, well, she bought me a wok, which I still haven't opened because I'm terrible. (laughs) But... But she made me a lovely Google Doc recipe book of certain things that I had wanted to learn from her before she moved away from Los Angeles. But then the pandemic stole all of that time from us. And one of those things was this Cantonese chicken, which is basically a recipe from the internet, right? Yes. But she included all of these helpful notes, like do this and not this and so on and so forth. And because of these helpful notes, I thought it was going to be much harder. And then I looked at the recipe and I was like, oh, this is fine. I guess I could make this. It's a very low maintenance recipe. It's mostly marinating it for like two days. Yes. The way you were like, do this, do not do this. I was like, oh no, God, this seems really difficult. But it sounds like the difficult part is just giving it enough time to dry. (laughs) I did accidentally buy a broiler pan that was too small. So then I had to order another one. It was very small. It was like about, it was like maybe a little bit smaller than my laptop. Why would they make a broiler pan that size? I don't know. For size, I guess. Like, maybe you're putting a regular size broiling pan in the broiler and then you put the little one next to it. I don't know. I considered keeping it for that reason. Then I was like, this is stupid. So I sent it back. Um, so you're making the chicken. I assume you're making the potatoes. Yes. Uh, we're gonna make mashed potatoes. It was because I asked Matt, like, oh, do you have any Thanksgiving dreams? And he was like, I don't know, like, maybe mashed potatoes. And I was like, okay, then we'll make those. And then he w- he remembered about Alexandra's non-potato eating life. And he was like, oh, no, it's fine. Like, we don't have to make them just for me. And I was like, I'll eat potatoes. But then he was like, oh, we can make them with flakes from a bag. And I was like, no. Although, to be fair, I've never had potatoes from a bag. So, like, maybe they're not awful. But I was just kind of repulsed by the idea. <laughs> Yeah, no, it doesn't sound great. It always makes me think of, like, laundry soap, like, the kind where, like, you know, like, dried laundry soap because it was, like, flakes, right? Like, that's what, like, fake snow is made out of. But I gotta say, like, this is definitely one of those things where I didn't grow up with bougie food tastes, you know? Like, I ate, like, craft Singles and shit, but I just, certain like white people easy foods I did not know existed until my adulthood I was like rice from a bag but many people are eating rice from a bag anyway chicken potatoes oh and pie um I recently I don't know what I was reading or what it could could have been anything but something made me like why haven't we ever made a cider pie so I think I'm gonna make like a cider custard pie oh that sounds nice yeah we'll see we'll see how it goes I was trying to explain to somebody, I can't remember who, that in the past, Alexandra and I would just make like stuffing and cranberry sauce and sometimes salad and like eight bazillion pies. And I was like, I'm suddenly in charge of all of the parts of the meal that I was previously not in charge of. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. So welcome to Romcomathon. I'm Alex. And I'm Kat. And this week we are talking about the Princess Switch 2 Switched Again. Which, oh my god. So when I was told this movie was happening, I was like, what could possibly happen in the second movie? And 
the answer is like so much, but also so little. And I wish I could have watched this movie at one and a half speed. That's fair. The beginning was slow, but at the end, Alex and I were like, wow, I, I really think Vanessa Hudgens deserves an Oscar for her performance performances. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Apparently, there's going to be a Princess Switch 3. Wait, no. No. I think so. Are they going to switch again? I don't know. It's terrifying. Where to begin? Would you like to summarize the plot? I truly would. Okay, spoilers, okay, because this just released. Let me first catch listeners up on what happened in The Princess Switch 1 briefly. So at the end of the first Princess Switch, Chicago Vanessa Hudgens, who as I don't know if any of all of us remember, was a baker who participated in like European Bake Off essentially. And there was her, she falls in love with like the Prince of Belgravia, not to be mixed up with Aldovia, the, the other vaguely European country from... Um, a Christmas Prince. And then there was British Vanessa Hudgens, who was like the Duchess of yet another small European country who was supposed to marry this prince, but instead falls in love with Chicago Vanessa Hudgens' best friend. So that's where we're at at the end of the first film. In the second film, Chicago Vanessa Hudgens is now married to the prince. She's now a princess. Things are going well, except for the fact that I guess he feels like she's like always busy trying to be a good princess and never has time for him. And of course, it's Christmas. And uh, what transpired was that British Vanessa Hudgens suddenly finds herself about to uh, ascend the throne of her small European country. What was it called? Like Montenegro or something? No. Montanaro. Montenegro. Montenegro's a real place. Montenegro's a real place. Um, but she has broken up with her uh, American beau because <laughs> when she realized she was going to ascend the throne, they realized that that relationship was not going to be tenable anymore because she would no longer be like be able to like blend into crowds or whatever. So they've they've been broken up for like six months at this point. So. Uh, of course, though, British Vanessa Hudgens' coronation will be taking place on Christmas Day because when else do they crown anyone in these countries? Yeah, we, after you finish this summer, we got to talk about the Christmas coronation cult. Um, so everyone's invited and, you know, Chicago Vanessa Hudgens is like, you know what? I know my BFF and my twin are still in love. I really <laughs> got to just... She's obsessed. Yeah, she is obsessed. She's really like, I gotta just like matchmake the situation up in here. So they basically convince uh, her friend to like come to the coronation and his precocious daughter is like, yeah, dad, you really love her. Let's go. It's a different child, by the way. Oh, yes. Alex was also like, is this another ch different child? I was like, I don't remember what the first Definitely one was. Definitely a different kid. Go on. So they're all in Monta Mon Montanaro? Montanaro. Montenegro. Okay. I keep wanting to say Montenegro. That's understandable because that's a real place. And you can tell that the budget for this movie has gone up by a lot because that palace looked great. Oh my god. This stuff never registers with me. Matt could not get over it. Like every three scenes he was like, they had money. They had a lot more money in this film. He was unable to deal with the fact that a movie like this had a budget like this. So they're in Montanaro, they're like prepping for the coronation, and then they're having like a Christmas ball, and who shows up but V-Hudge number three, <laughs> blonde British Vanessa Hudgens. I guess we'll just call her blonde Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah, or evil Vanessa Hudgens. 
Yes, who is the cousin of British Vanessa Hudgens. But what's wild to me at this point is that at no point during the first movie was British Vanessa Hudgens like, man, this girl bears a strange passing resemblance to my cousin who also looks exactly like me. (laughs) Super weird, right? Should we call her Vanessa Cousins? Oh yeah, because she keeps calling her cousin. Yes. She also like, there's so much exposition in this movie. It's like, well, as you know, we're first cousins. So. So Blonde Vanessa Cousins is basically like, she's a lady, but she's broke, essentially. She squandered all her father's money. She's a spendthrift. Yes. And she now needs cash. So her plan, basically, that she concocts with her minions is that she should kidnap her cousin and ascend the throne, become queen, basically embezzle some money to the Caymans and then leave and spend the rest of her life on an island somewhere enjoying her cash. It's bold of her to assume that that cash would last her the rest of her life, considering how she went through her fortune, but still. I was gonna say. So this is her plan. Meanwhile, British Vanessa Hudgens and Chicago Vanessa Hudgens decide that they should once again switch places because British Vanessa Hudgens has been so busy with all these meetings and state business and doesn't have time to like rekindle her relationship with her American beau. So Chicago Vanessa Hudgens is like, why don't we switch places for a day and then you guys can go on a date, essentially, and I can just like pretend to be you at a concert so they agree they switch places and there is some like kind of idiotic very minor subplot about how British Vanessa Hudgens chief of staff is like a childhood friend who's like in love with her and like wants to be with her and she's like I don't know everything's really confusing right now but he actually turns out to be like kind of unimportant to the whole situation yeah James Marsden stand in so they switch places naturally you can guess what happens Vanessa Cousins kidnaps the wrong Vanessa Hudgens Uh, Instead of the British one, she kidnaps the Chicago one, who's currently pretending to be the British one. And then shenanigans ensue. Vanessa Cousins gets like the coronation moved up, etc, etc. They figure it out and save the day. British Vanessa Hudgens gets back together with her American beau. They actually get married at the airport. Uh, She is coronated on Christmas Day as per the Christmas cult's wishes. Uh Uh-huh. The end. Okay, so... Back when we first reviewed A Christmas Prince for, I think, the blog, we talked about the possibility that Aldovia existed in a world with, like, an alternate history where some kind of Christmas cult had taken over a portion of Europe. Yes, and clearly these three countries all fall under this, like, Christmas cult umbrella. Three countries? Montanaro, Belgravia, and Aldovia. Yes, and in these countries, nothing important can happen except on Christmas. They save all their news for Christmas. Their babies are born on Christmas, which seems confusing, by the way. Their coronations happen on Christmas. Their balls happen on Christmas. Skipping ahead, my boldest note is I find it very implausible that the Aldovian royalty is available to attend this coronation. Oh, yes. So... I missed this part because I was like, we were putting up our tree while we watched this and I was like fixing, doing something with the tree and Alex screamed <laughs> and was like, the Aldovians are at the coronation and we had to rewind and go back. Yeah, Matt was suddenly like, worth it, worth every minute. Like, I gotta tell you, watching this movie, we stopped two or three times because I was so bored. But then, I just, this raises so many questions. First of all, don't you think they have a lot of important stuff going on in their country on Christmas Day? Like, yes, I can't imagine that the royal family was available to come to this coronation. But also, in the last movie, A Christmas Prince was on Netflix in A Christmas Switch. Oh, in the Princess Switch, you mean? No, I thought that was the night before Christmas. I think it's both. 
I thought A Christmas Prince was featured on the screen in The Night Before Christmas. It might be, but no. I went back and looked at the blog post about this movie, and there are photos because we were so gobsmacked at the time. Because it's literally, British Vanessa Hudgens is at the, like, I don't know, Airbnb or whatever, with David, Kevin, you know, the friend. And... They're like scrolling Netflix being like, oh, should we watch A Christmas Inheritance? Should we watch A Christmas Prince? So my question for you, once you accept my premise that this is definitely true, was that a documentary? I mean, that's the only explanation, right? Like, (laughs) clearly it has to be a documentary because the Aldovians in this movie are at the coronation. I mean, you're right. This is a, a weird thing in the Netflix Christmas cinematic universe. I actually, I do have some questions now. I had thought that was in A Night Before Christmas and not in this one, so, hmm. Okay, let's talk about what Matt described as the Netflix MCU. So, A Christmas Prince is on a TV in both the holiday calendar, which sucked, and the Princess Switch, which we had a quite good time watching the first one of. Aldovia is mentioned in a normal way in The Night Before Christmas. So prior to this, I would have said to you that The Night Before Christmas and A Christmas Prince take place in the same world. You're right, because Vanessa Hudgens in A Night Before Christmas says your grandparents got this when they were on holiday in Aldovia. They have like the acorn ornament or whatever. Yeah. What's on a TV in The Night Before Christmas is a different movie called Holiday in the Wild that we have not watched. Oh, I did watch it. Oh, God. How was it? Bad. Okay. Anyway, until Royal Baby, I thought that in the world of Princess Switch, a Christmas prince was fictional. But then in Royal Baby, they mention Belgravia. Yes, they have like a map, right? And we see Belgravia on it. Yes, which made me very confused. And then I resolved it in my mind by saying to you, I think, maybe they all take place in the same world, but not in the same like reality. But this just blows everything to pieces and forces me to conclude that A Christmas Prince is a documentary. Yeah, it must be. So it was a documentary on a Christmas, or maybe it was like a fictional fictionalized version of their true love story it's gotta be because otherwise like she didn't bring a cameraman with her to the palace when she was undercover but i would also like to mention that a christmas inheritance so far seems to be fully fictional which makes sense because that one has a ghost right Yes. And that one appears in the holiday calendar and in the princess switch. But now I'm looking closely just to be just to make sure like this isn't Rose McIver, right? It's just a girl with the same hair. Oh, no, 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 no. That's the girl from the hundred. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So they only made one of those. Oh, yeah. Now I'm remembering. She's like the rich one who like goes to the town and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So but here's the thing. Let's talk about the fact that assuming that Aldovia is in the same world as both the Princess Switch and the Knight Before Christmas, does that mean that in this world, there's at least four people running around who look like Vanessa Hudgens? Yes, because I think when we were like, ooh, switched again, there, I mean, like, I guess we could have been like, I mean, there is another American V. Hudge in Ohio. So maybe the third one will just bring those two universes together? Props to you for remembering that was Ohio, by the way. Do you think then that the third one will have all three? All four? Soon this will be like the Vanessa Hudgens Orphan Black. (laughs) (laughs) But how will she distinguish between 
the Ohio Vanessa Hudgens and the Chicago Vanessa Hudgens, both of them have the same color hair and the same color accent. That's the only way you could distinguish between the three of them in this film. Well, I must say that now princess American Vanessa Hudgens is very chipper. Although her whole shtick in the first movie was that Nick Cigar thought she was like too uptight to love. So... (laughs) I mean, maybe, well, in the last year, she uh, she clearly learned how to love. Although I feel like one of the main through lines of this film was that her husband was like super horny and wanted to have sex <laughs> and she was like too busy for him. I mean, was that not what was implied? Yes. The whole like at the beginning was just not being like, dude, you're not gonna get laid. Dude, give it up. And then when they switched, we were like, oh my God, is the prince gonna try to sleep with the other Vanessa Hudgens? <laughs> Alex was like, was he always, like, so dumb? Was he, like, dumb as a brick in the first movie? I can't remember. Like, because she was like, he's so stupid in this one. How could he not tell that this is not his wife? It's very troubling. Like, I'm like, that servant lady recognized British Vanessa Hudgens for her real self. Like, what's happening? Also, like, why did they just not tell her husband? I don't know. I, I, who knows? Especially since she had apparently promised him not to do that again. They clearly are having some communication issues that, I don't know, he thought was going to get resolved through a good banging. Yes, I'd also like to mention that in the Christmas cult, they really are quick to marriage. Oh yeah, the fact that in this one, uh, British Vanessa Hudgens and uh, David, Kevin, whatever his name is, get engaged in a hot second and then immediately married by an airport priest was, I was like, wow, okay. As someone who's currently watching The Crown, I really was like, wow, the actions of this royal family with regards to like marriage and abdication and so there seem very unregulated. Like the prime minister... Seems like a nice lady, but you'd think she'd be exerting more something. Also, I have to say about that airport wedding, I was like, A, astonished that he had the ring in his coat. Has he been carrying it around for like a year and a half? Two, yes, you're definitely bothering this priest. They were like, father, if it's not too much trouble, it is trouble. He has a flight to board. Yes, he was about to get on the plane. They made him wait until final boarding. He could, they could have closed the door. You know they don't reopen the door. Although to be fair, they probably have some pull, but who's to say? Well, she wasn't queen yet. That's true. About the budget thing. My argument about the budget thing was I feel like Netflix uses the same sets for all of their movies. I feel like they're, they're visibly at the same carnival in like four of these movies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was my feeling. Like maybe they're just saving money by like having one giant budget for like all six Christmas movies they make in a year. But some of the decor I had questions about. Like what? Like when they were at the concert post switch, I was like, what is this incredibly fancy gilded chair? I think I missed this because I was like doing the train, but... It was like all of these people in regular, I don't know, theater seats or whatever, or chairs. And then it was like, this is a chair I've made out of gold. And yet, did you notice that when British Vanessa Hudgens on her date with like Kevin at the um, like Christmas village, that the snowmen they built were very obviously built out of fake snow. Like they looked like they were made out of cotton balls. A hundred percent. I wrote down like, what are these? Snow- like, I have to know. They look like stuffed animals. Yes, they looked like they would, they would like squish if you poked them. That, by the way, is a truly horrible scene. (laughs) 
I have a question about, so when they first get to Montanaro, uh-huh. they like get to her palace and they're like, wow, there's like no decor here. Like on the outside, you're like, holy shit, this palace is beautiful. It's so much better than the Aldovian palace. The Aldovian like royal family is living in a hovel. And <laughs> when you're in Montanaro, you're like, oh shit. And then like they walk in and British Vanessa Hudgens is like, sorry, I haven't like, haven't really been feeling up to like decorating. And it was a little bit like, why are you in charge of A, decorating, right? And B, why do they then end up decorating the palace themselves? Well, I think it's more like normally they would decorate, but she, I guess, hasn't given the order. I guess there was just so much, they were doing so much labor themselves. I was like, truly, I was astonished. I wasn't sure if they were actually decorating because Princess Vanessa Hudgens, formerly American Vanessa Hudgens, we see her decorating, but I didn't understand what the f*** she was doing. And then I realized, I think she was decorating just so she could eavesdrop. Yes, but like they were like taking stuff out and putting garlands down like banisters. And I was very confused because I thought, surely, lady, if you don't have time to go on one date with the guy you claim you're in love with because (laughs) of state meetings, you couldn't really afford several hours to like decorate your palace. These countries are very confusingly populated. Like sometimes it seems like they only have two servants for the entire palace. Yeah. And sometimes it seems like there are just hordes of people claiming all your time and energy. But seriously, I cannot overstate, like, the the difference in budget between A Christmas Prince <laughs> 1 and The Princess Switch 2 was astonishing. Like, when, when you were at, like, the Christmas concert, I'm like, oh shit, they paid for a whole choir of children. And also, between this one and the first movie, where the cake was visibly plastic. Yes, I mean, look, they did not improve on the snowman, but... <laughs> Clearly, whoever production designed this had some priorities. Or maybe stole all the money from the props department. I, I just thought this whole thing was wild. Like I, But look, I had a great time watching this. I will say this. I, I truly, I reiterate what I stated at the beginning, which is that I don't know why Vanessa Hudgens isn't winning an Oscar or isn't up for an Oscar <laughs> for her performance in this film specifically. Um, I don't know why we're giving Tatiana Maslany so much credit for Orphan Black when there was Vanessa Hudgens <laughs> and The Princess Switch 2. Um, she also clearly had a great time playing blonde Vanessa Hudgens. Yes. Uh, you could tell that she had a lot of fun. When Matt first heard her speak as British Vanessa Hudgens, he just like burst out laughing. And I was like, yep, yep, prepare yourself. But then there were two British ones. And I I did kind of enjoy Vanessa Cousins, although I did wonder why she was driving her convertible top down in the snow. But there were several great, like, especially after they switched, it, it really picked up. There were a lot of funny parts that I wrote down. Yeah, yeah. I had a good time. Honestly, rereading the blog post for the first movie really brought me back to what a good time we had watching that and that there were some lines that were quite funny to me. I would like to mention that in this Christmas cult universe, I'm not sure what's going on, but boy, are there a lot of orphanages. Yeah, they're always like, there's a benefit for this orphanage or this orphanage. I'm like, I don't know. Is this like a year long project? Do you only do it at Christmas? I mean, like what's going on in these countries in July? I'd really like to know. <laughs> it seems like all their tourist revenue comes from Christmas. Christmas is their religion. Not even like religious Christmas, like secular Christmas. <laughs> yes, it's definitely secular Christmas because it's all tied up in their like national whatever. Do you think that in the summer, the orphans just like run around, but then in the winter, they're all collected? in the orphanages 
I have no idea what's going on. I would love if Netflix just made like an in-between movie, like what's going on in these countries in the middle of summer. Like, do they have any beaches? Do they have any tourists? Like what's going on? I would like a hard hitting documentary in this universe where someone just goes around from Belgravia to Aldovia to Montanaro being like, but in the summer. I mean, yeah, I, certainly, like, uh, like I would even take, like, maybe, like, a little travel documentary, like, you know, highlighting the differences between these countries, because God knows that I have no idea they are all exactly alike, except that Montanaro has the best palace. I would like to acknowledge that British Vanessa Hudgens' last name is Delacour. Is she related to Fleur? I do not know, but, I mean, the blonde hair of her cousin would suggest yes. I don't, do you think she's part Vila as well? Who can say? I mean, if so, that would explain how she's pulling off all this trickery. So what were some of your favorite lines and least favorite lines? I completely forgot to write down lines, um, specific lines, but there were moments. I somewhat enjoyed the transformation montage. And I especially enjoyed when Vanessa Cousins was being like, I grew up with her. She doesn't wave all the time. Yes, I did enjoy that. Uh, I will say about the transformation montage that Alex goes, wow, Vanessa Hudgens, so much chemistry with herself. (laughs) And then she went on also to be like, she stands very erect and holds her hands like this. I don't know why. And then they killed the joke by doing it like seven more times, but it's fine. One of my favorite things when I was rereading the blog post from the first movie was I forgot that American Vanessa Hudgens struggled so much to pretend to be British Vanessa Hudgens and said all sorts of hilarious garbage, like a warm horse is a happy horse. This time, pretending to be her, she said, you don't want to be under the weather when the weather is bad. (laughs) And I was like, this is the new a warm horse is a happy horse. I enjoyed that as well. I also enjoyed after Vanessa Cousins had switched with her cousin and she was just rampantly lying about things, being like, I'm colorblind when she didn't know the Oxford colors. I also liked when the correct Vanessa Hudgens returned thinking they would switch back and now it was Vanessa Cousins and she goes your accent is much better oh yeah I was gonna say I enjoyed that I have to give blonde Vanessa Hudgens props that she just like gaslit the shit out of British Vanessa Hudgens in that scene But okay, I enjoyed it when Vanessa Cousins, pretending to be British Vanessa Hudgens, also pretended to speak Italian and just said Dolce and Gabbana in an Italian accent and swanned off. I have a question about that. So she, while impersonating her cousin, dumps David Kevin Nick Cigar. And the thing that struck me most about that is like, wait, so Nick and Olivia aren't going to say goodbye to Stacy? Oh, yeah. Alex brought that up too. She was like, um, is he not going to say bye to his friend? He's just like, oh, I'm gone. I've taken off. I feel like in this situation, like even if I were dubbed, I would still be like, I'm going to go say goodbye to Kat. <laughs> yes, his best friend and former business partner. Like he's just like, oh, okay, well, I guess this didn't pan out. We better go home, kid. And the kid doesn't even say anything. They're just like, all right, peace. Okay. I don't know if we talked about this enough last time, but this just occurred to me. It seems very strange to me, right? Like if, you know, you and I were, were in the situation and then you found that like, you basically had a twin, like your twin looks exactly like you. <laughs> Is he not having like any issues with that? He's like fallen in love with this woman anyway, I guess. Well, I think because you and I are not attracted to each other, it would be very unsettling if one of us suddenly fell in love with someone who looked exactly like the other. Yeah, very unsettling. Like it is a different for, person. For all though. parties involved, I think. <laughs> 
to say, like, my thing when I heard there was going to be a second movie, I was like, can it just redo the first movie and this time she gets together with her actual friend? Didn't he, did he have a thing for her? He didn't have a thing for her. He was literally like, I previously was never into you. Not because you're not cute, but because you were so unfun. And... I'm kidding, but like, I'm not kidding. And then he was like, suddenly, like, Belgravia has brought out a whole new side of you. You're so spontaneous now, and you barely know what a microwave is. And for I some love reason, you. You're so brain damaged. Like, but his daughter really wanted them to get together. Like, in the first movie, she kind of wanted regular Vanessa Hudgens to be her new mom. But she was totally fine with it when she switched places with a complete stranger who happened to look like her. So I think what was really important is that this child just wanted the, like, the speck of, like, you know, Vanessa Hudgens being her mom. She'll take Vanessa Hudgens in whatever form she can get her in. Yes. And I remember we felt really bad for David Kevin. And so did British Vanessa Hudgens because he essentially thought that he was just seeing a whole new side of his best friend and falling in love with her, which frankly would be a much better movie. But instead, it was a complete stranger that he met two days before. Yeah. I was glad that they very slightly acknowledged the trust issues that would ensue if your relationship was totally based on a lie. <laughs> when she was like, oh, I promised Edward we wouldn't switch again. Yeah, I mean, that would that would kind of fuck it up. It, it would be very troubling to be married to someone and never know if at any moment they could switch with one of their millions of doubles across the universe. <laughs> In movie number one, Margaret seemed so flighty and she was so like trying to escape her royal life and she's really grown up. Yeah, she does like a 180. I also kind of remember like, I was like, why is she ascending to the throne? Didn't she not? Like, that's the whole point. Like she didn't marry him because I mean, A, she didn't love him, but also because she was like, I don't really want this life. She was basically like, I feel so trapped by my royal life. I'd rather marry this baker and live in Chicago. And all of a sudden now she's like, you know what, though? I love Montanaro. I love being queen. I'm going to be queen. Yeah, because the whole situation is that, like, what? Like, her father died and her brother abdicated or something? Something like that. It's I forget. It's some kind of, it is some kind of Wallace Simpson situation, but I don't remember the exact details. But honestly, she was like, and now I don't have a choice. And I was like, you do, because you could also abdicate. Although maybe she doesn't want the throne to go to Vanessa Cousins. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, okay. Worst scenes, worst lines. Okay. I don't know if this is a best or worst line, but I loved when regular American princess Vanessa Hudgens was trying so hard at the very beginning. And maybe this is when she first meets the chief of staff or whatever. I don't remember exact exactly the context, but she says to British Vanessa Hudgens, like desperately trying to pique her interest, you know, like, well, Kevin has been looking pretty hot these days. Like these exact words come out of her mouth. It's <laughs> a weird thing. It's a weird thing. <laughs> a super weird thing to say. Okay, so I guess in this one, I will say that some best and worst are really blurred in terms of how you want to look at them. <laughs> like, for instance, I do find that Prince Edward's whole story about how horny he is for his wife and how much he wants to get laid is really a best worst, like, plot point. Oh, God. Um, the Christmas, when they're in the, the Kevin and British Vanessa Hudgens' date in the Christmas village is, is bad. That's a bad one. That entire scene is awful i was so revolted when they were talking about the snowmen and being like well she hasn't smiled in quite a while neither has he i was like i will throw myself from a window <laughs> and then like matt had missed the line and i was like okay like i'll go back and i was like no 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 i don't want to hear it again and then i was like no 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 i can't suffer alone 
And then one of the other worst lines was when the chief of staff is telling, is confessing his feelings to British Vanessa Hudgens and he goes, soon you will be crowned like queen and like, but you, <laughs> yes. will, but you have also become queen of my heart. And I, I had jokingly made the queen of my heart. Like I basically just said the exact same thing like a second before <laughs> it came on screen. And I was like, oh, no, oh no, I didn't think that was actually going to be the line. But that's the gift of these Netflix Christmas movies that you can just sit there and predict the dialogue. Yeah, that's true. Oh, but I will say probably, again, the best highlight of this film was when the Aldovians show up at the coronation. I will write a thesis about what is happening in these worlds. Yeah. Raising all of the questions, I will find a scholarly journal to publish it in. (laughs) I gotta say, though, like, I really worry about all of these marriages because at one point, British Vanessa Hudgens goes like, I don't know, like, basically, is love really supposed to take so much effort? And I gotta say, it doesn't seem like she's put in a lot of effort yet. No, it really doesn't. This is before they've even switched, I think. What's our people of color count? I noticed that this country, unlike Belgravia, does seem to have black people. Yeah, so there's, like, her friend from Oxford. There's British Vanessa Hudgens, like, roommate from Oxford or whatever. She's black. There's Kevin. Well, yeah. Our issue with the first princess switch was we were, like, besides these three visitors, there are no people of color in this country. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Montanaro apparently has, like, a slightly more diverse population. Well, maybe with, like, more budget, they were, like, let's get some extras who are not white. Okay, people of color don't cost more. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they should. Because they're they're lending their image to these awful movies, but... (laughs) But that would kind of make sense because the only European person of color in the previous Princess Switch was this lady from Montanaro. Oh, okay, okay. So then I was like, I guess Montanaro has brown people. I guess. And or black people. There were a lot of like background people, not main people. Before we score this, I need to again raise the issue. Well, I need to mention two things. One is that I'd like to nominate a best slash worst outfit. Oh, sure. Which is that at one point, basically at the very end, they finally have the coronation on Christmas Day like they're supposed to in all of Europe. And Edward is in like dress blues, basically. And Vanessa Hudgens looks great, but she is wearing what I described as a junior prom dress. Which Vanessa Hudgens? Princess Vanessa Hudgens, who is married to Edward. And also David, Kevin, Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. I don't know why. Is in like just a tuxedo. And I was like, I guess the consorts don't get royal formal wear. Well, to be fair, they had just gotten married like the night before. I accept this for Devin, but Vanessa Hudgens has been princess for at least like a year, right? Yeah. Or at least six months. But she apparently doesn't have four. Like she just picked up something at Macy's. I will say I was more focused on British Vanessa Hudgens' dress, which she actually looked very pretty in. That's what I, I, I was like. I was like, oh, they really stepped up their makeup game. Yeah, she also looked nice in her like Ren Faire princess gown at the Christmas ball early on. Yeah. She has royal clothes, but apparently they don't care about the other one. Well, I don't know. Clearly Belgravia is just like also like impoverished, much like Aldovia. So. <laughs> oh, God. Now I'm worried about their orphans. I mean, remember in the first Christmas Prince, there was like a real economic situation, like poor economic situation in Aldovia. So was that the first Christmas Prince or the second Christmas Prince? Oh, it was the second Christmas Prince, I think. Yes, because that was the one where like she was queen, but she was somehow still able to sneak into pubs. Yes, 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 yes. The second one. 
Um, and we were like, I think it's time to give up your hard-hitting journalistic dreams, Rose McIver, but okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, what would you score this one? I'm going to go first. 10 out of 10. <laughs> um, no. 10 out, 10 out of 10 prince- Christmas cults. Okay. The first Princess Switch, we rated like a four. So I'm going to go with like three and a half. Whoa. Okay. So let's average those. <laughs> Do you think, no, no, seriously, do you think this is better or worse than the first one? I think it's better, actually. I had a, I had a really good time. Maybe it's like a just go with it situation because I maybe had higher expectations because I kind of had a good time watching the first princess. We had a very good time with you watching the first princess switch. And I had a relatively good time watching A Knight Before Christmas. And so I thought I would have a better time. And when it was slow at the beginning, I was grotesquely disappointed. And it just felt like time crawled. I have a more important question, which is, what on earth do you think the third Princess Switch will be like? I have absolutely not a clue. I, that's why I'm hoping they're going to somehow rope in the night before Christmas. Do you think, though, so, like, there was that scene where we were like, no, no, don't do it, because British Vanessa Hudgens was basically going to forgive Vanessa Cousins? Yes. And then we later see her, like, at the coronation, flanked by her parole officers or whatever. And I was like, do you think that Fiona will have a change of heart like the Christmas Prince, like, cousin villain who then comes and is, like, a suddenly part of the gang in the second or third movie? That's possible. I mean, I thought she was going to reform at the end of the film and she didn't, so... Do you think, though, that if she reforms in the interim before a third movie, they will have to team up against another Vanessa Hudgens? I really hope so. For those keeping count at home, that would be five Vanessa Hudgenses in this, known in this universe. Yes, with only one of them in Ohio undiscovered. Anyway, <laughs> we know this episode was all over the place, but you, I, again, 10 out of 10, Christmas results, you gotta watch this one. <laughs> Don't watch this movie. <laughs> I'm sorry we're not in agreement here, but sometimes, sometimes you just have, you know, split opinions on cinematic masterpieces. Anyway, thank you for going on this journey with us, listeners. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I hope you had a good time. And please watch this. Uh, we'll be back next month with our, our review of Happiest Season, which we're very excited about. Uh, so thank you so much for listening. Uh, please follow us on our social media list in the credits and we'll talk to you guys next time. Thank you to Hannah Oatman who composed our theme music and Alexandra Oatman who painted our logo art. You can follow Alexandra on Twitter at at Alexandra. Special thanks to Quincy Surasmith for advising us on the art of the podcast. Subscribe to his wonderful podcast, Asian Americana at wherever you get your podcasts. Want more Romcomathon? You can read past reviews at romcomathon2016.tumblr.com and follow us at romcomathon2016 on Facebook and Twitter and romcomathon on Instagram. We look forward to hearing from you. Please subscribe and rate Romcomathon on iTunes. Thank you.